you know, sorting records. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. Degree oh, my God. Garage. Can you imagine if Gwen came to my house and started looking at my records? That'd be so great. Oh, dude. She'd be so impressed. <laughs> 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 Seeing all that Engelbert Humperdinck record, all those Engelbert Humperdinck See, all my records. Lawrence Welks and everything? For yeah, sure. All, the, all that shit, yeah. For sure, man. <laughs> She'd be so impressed. <laughs> 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 Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! missed the that initial hey i was not prepared i guess if you miss it then i for prepared. sure missed it because i was i was hey after you hey yes yes I yes, yes i we, can't hear anything we both fucked up that's what it was i but didn't that's fuck fine. up i didn't fuck well, up you i didn't did. do anything if i did you did if i did you did. no what are you talking about well i make the rules i make the rules it is what it is. anyway this is uh this is asinine radio this is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different record from a different band, and we break it down. We find out all the secrets about it, and we let you in on those secrets, and we try to have a good time doing it. Uh, if you didn't already know, my name is Tyler, and way out there hundreds of miles away is Jeff. Uh, while you're listening, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, give us five stars on there. Uh, all the social media handles are at Asinine Radio, and we have a Discord server. If you want to join that, hit us up. Uh, we'll send you the link, and we have a phone number you can call. You could uh, leave us a voicemail and shoot us a text. And that phone number is 503-893-5307. Still get into that. Now, Jeff, Mm. uh, what are we doing today? We are doing Gwen Stefani's Love Angel Music, baby. I am not prepared. This is just a fucking disaster. (laughs) I'll fix it in post. I'll fix it in post. Absolutely. Oh, 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 
can only be one. So I'm gonna fight, gonna give it my all, gonna make you fall, gonna suck it to you. That's right, I'm the last one standing, another one bites the Gwen Stefani began her music career in 1986 in Anaheim, California, in the band No Doubt. She currently has four solo records, one EP, and has sold millions and millions of copies worldwide. But the album we're doing today is called Love Angel Music Baby, also known as Lamb. That's her debut album, and it was released November 12, 2004. It features some of her most popular songs and has sold well over 7 million copies worldwide. Now, Jeff, uh, <laughs> what, are, what, what are you laughing about? <laughs> He's always like, now, Jeff. <laughs> now, Jeff. <laughs> uh, what's, your, what's your origin story with uh, the Gwen Stefani? What do you got? Go. I, uh, my origin story is for sure my mom. Like My mom listened to No Doubt. Uh, oh. I, yeah, and the, one of the first albums that I bought from the warehouse was Tragic Kingdom. I mean, I don't know how old I was, but it was like right when it came out or close to when it came out, I would think. And my yeah. mom's like, you should buy this. Like, this is a cool band. You'll like this. And I was like, okay. You know, I'm like eight. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> or however fuck old we were at the time. We were probably like seven, when eight, Tragic nine. Came out? Yeah. Yeah, we were seven. We were seven when that album came yeah. out. So I was like, okay. And uh, again, it's so weird to think like how much younger we listen to music. I guess like purchased music than kids mm-hmm. now do. Well, I think it's because, you know, streaming, it's all streaming now. So kids have access to everything instantly when we had to go buy records or buy CDs. And that was dependent on what our parents would allow us to buy. But Kaylee's like eight. And I cannot imagine her listening to a CD or putting on any album <laughs> in its entirety. Yeah, yeah. And I remember like the the little CD player that I had, like my mom gave it to me and it was just it was like the size of a basketball. It was rounded and it looked stupid and you know you depress the <laughs> the button and the thing pops up and that's where you put the CD on. And I don't know. It was, it was fucking dope. But yeah, like I bought Tragic Kingdom very very early on in my life because my mom told me I should listen to it cuz it was good. And it was. It was super good. It's fucking great, and, yeah. And I've just never, I don't know, I've never, never shied away from it since. So that's, um, that is my origin story. It's your origin story with the Gwen Stefani's. With the Gwen Stefani's. All right, my, um, my origin story was, it wasn't as early on as you. I mean, well, maybe it was. Because the first song I ever heard from them was Don't, or from No Doubt was uh, Don't Speak. And I mean, as a kid, I mean that, that that's a cool song, and I don't I don't remember ever hearing a No Doubt song again until I don't know maybe ninety seven ninety eight when I've heard Just a Girl, and it took me a long time to get into Tragic Kingdom, and it wasn't until I started to kind of get into music in like ninety seven ninety eight, like with the Offspring, and I mean more so into Green Day and the Blink and everything that that I really went back and listened to No Doubt outside of Don't Speak. Uh, and then from there, you know, of course, it's like, you know, Return of Saturn comes out in 90, what, 99, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, just no doubt has always just been kind of a staple in my my musical taste. And I, I got Tragic Kingdom probably sometime in the late 90s. I think it was 98 uh, when I got when I got Tragic Kingdom way after it came out, obviously. But I was a little late to the game, but also, you know, I was young. My mom didn't listen to this kind of music at all. It was all like, you know, 70s classic rock and country music that's all my mom listened to <laughs> so 
yeah you know 90s 90s music especially like alternative or punk music she was not listening to maybe some pop music here and there but yeah definitely not not anything punk related so yeah that that's kind of my origin story was was technically tragic kingdom and uh, and all that but Gwen Stefani as a solo artist the first song I ever heard was what you waiting for the first single from her first debut from her debut record in 2004 and I fucking love that song <laughs> so, yeah it's a fucking band <laughs> that song is fucking it's so good and I remember after hearing you know um rock steady I hated rock steady I hated that no doubt record I thought I'd I mean I haven't listened to it in at least 15 years I forgot to tell you listen to it this week. I know I should have listened. I, I really should have. It's you pretty did, damn good. I, it's pretty damn is good. Is it okay? Yeah. I think I would have, I would appreciate it more now because I'm more into into two tone and ska and and a lot of the stuff that they were dance hall music that they were going with on that record. But you know, coming off of Return of Saturn, which had some of that and some pop stuff, I just I was not into it. I hated hella good. Fucking hated that song. Um, but underneath it all, that was a fucking killer song. But anyway. Um, yeah, that's my origin story with Gwen, and, and you said it was the same with you. Was that 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 particular single, that first single that she put out? Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, this was like this was this was at the point now where we are playing music, we are actively like listening to old stuff and continue on with high school stuff. So we're like we we got our ears to the ground. We 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 know everything. We we know everything. And when that one dropped. <laughs> God, I wish I wish we'd have went to the show they did at the pond for this tour, the the Harajuku girls tour, because oh, yeah, yeah. MIA opened up for them or for her oh, at the I pond. But like, why would she not end the tour or start the tour in Anaheim? Like, that's what that's what should have happened, which didn't happen. It was like in the middle of the tour. But I don't know. I wish we would have went to that show. Weird. But we were we we're at that age where we were still kind of like too cool for this kind of pop music, even though we both loved it. But. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I think she had just got off the road with Blink. I think because, or got got off the road with No Doubt when they were uh, when Blink was opening up for them, or when they were doing that Go Headlining tour. But I think that was like the year before, and then she put this song out maybe like a few months after. After that, that tour, right? Yeah. When did we so. go? When did when was that? that was, was that the summer before our senior year? Yeah, it had to have been. Yeah, because which is crazy because then she put this record out in November of that same year. I know. So what, four months after that tour ended? That's crazy. That's a crazy fast to do after after going on a huge like touring cycle with no doubt with and then no break. You immediately put out a, a solo record. And it's that's fucking nuts. It's it's weird because like a lot of the things I read about why she even did this, she didn't even know. She just felt like I kind of want to do it. There's no, there was no like real drive. There was no, like somebody said something to her and that it forced her to do this because she she got it in her. It was she just like I, I kind of just wanted to do it. It sounded fun. I don't know. Like that's, it's weird, right? It is. Weird. It is yeah. Like you're already really in is. a successful band, and you decide to go why solo. Why? I don't know. Because I feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then to do something so different from No Doubt. I mean, this is this record is pure pop, like through and through pop, it's like eighties pop. Like it's yeah, very much with a little bit of nineties, a little bit of nineties thrown. Yeah, in there. very much like Madonna in here. Very much like Cyndi Lauper. Like this is very, very eighties pop driven. 
Yeah, and she made a point like she she was always very inspired by Blondie because you know girlfriended girlfriended band new wave punk band from the 70s and 80s and it, it made me it made me think no doubt was was our blondie for our generation or for that generation generation x that was that was their blondie yeah, Makes, I like it, that. it's it it absolutely is I like it's the that. same dynamic in a band it's the same kind of alternative music that they're doing it's fucking it's so true I like that because but Blondie is fucking dope, and Blondie dude, does not get talked yeah. about enough. I agree. They're they're so underrated. It's it's insane, and it's, they're insanely good. But uh, but before we get into what we waiting, wait, yeah, wait, what we what you what waiting, we waiting, what you waiting, what you waiting what for? Waiting Jesus for. Christ! Let's get into Hollaback Girl. Let's okay. uh, since we already played it. Yeah, we already, played, we already it. played it. Let's get into that. Uh, where does this sit for you? Because I mean, obviously, we have some bangers and some okay songs possibly some stinkers i don't know i have no stinkers uh, i do have I, I do have okay songs but i have no stinkers okay i have one stinker oh and then i have i have six bangers seven bangers but yeah i, I do have one stinker i feel so. like your stinker could be luxurious okay where does where does hollaback girl sit for you it's about one b is it really? This this song is fucking absolutely Are you unreal serious? this is absolutely Are you unreal this song is so good this is so good. There's so many layers to this, and when you really get uh, into this song, it gets better and better and better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> your 1B, I can't believe it's your 1B. Yeah. That that blows my fucking it's, mind. Honestly, that's stupid to think this is not a top, at least two, for, for anybody. <laughs> the song is perfect in every way. It's it's, it's produced perfectly. But why, though? It's just, written perfectly. Just because it's... Why, though? So like this, um, I mean, just the stomping and clapping of the. So okay, so let me go further back. I, I had read that apparently Courtney Love was talking shit one day, and called Gwen like yeah. some type of cheerleader, which I mean, like she's never been, she's been like peppy, and she's always just. But that's just because she's a fucking fantastic like frontman. Like she's amazing at what she does. Yeah. So she's so so to say like so Love. so to like like diminish her value, and and somehow say that. That is because she's a cheerleader, which is also like making fun of cheerleaders. I don't know what that was, but Gwen kind of like, she was like, all right, fuck this shit. So she owned it, made this super dope, catchy song about being a kick-ass cheerleader, a better cheerleader than Courtney Love could ever fucking be, and was like, yeah. Courtney Love's not good at anything. I'm super dope. Yeah, Courtney Love's the worst, except she dated Gavin Rossdale for a minute, but that's kind of weird and Well, that that was another thing, too, was that she, she made, I guess back in the day, uh, when when Gwen and Gavin got together, she pretty much went out in the press and said, "Oh yeah, I fucked him," or did said something like crude, and it's just like and completely unnecessary. Yeah, Courtney typical of Courtney Love. Courtney Love's a shithead. She's a fucking she's shithead. An asshole. She's yeah, a shithead, she's a and she's just riding the coattails of somebody everybody else. else. You know, it, whether it's Kurt Cobain, it's it's Billy Corgan, it's fucking, it's yeah. always somebody. She's the worst. She never has a name for herself. Whole, they're terrible. They're fucking terrible. So 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 like given stupid. given that somebody like called Gwen out for being a cheerleader, which if you've ever watched any fucking video of their live shows from the No Doubt era, you'll know that it's not because she's a cheerleader; it's because she's really good at what she does. Yeah, she's a great front person. I guess it just That's so happens you. to coincide with mimicking a cheerleader in some capacity. I don't know; it's stupid. But so she takes his song and makes a fucking cheer song out of it. And it's not just a cheer song. It is good. It, it like I said, it layers nicely and it builds. There's parts 
there are parts of this song that that do 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 do, but it starts off just like with clean guitar, and then it builds yeah, onto yeah. like the brass, and the full band is getting behind it. So the song builds; it goes somewhere; it does something. This is such a cool. This is such a cool like, like response to some type of diss, because it's like, yeah, you call me a cheerleader, we'll check it out. I can be a cheerleader, and I'm really fucking good at it. So fuck you. <laughs> that's what this song is, and that's why it's so goddamn good. It is a good fuck you. I will say that it is. God it is a good damn. fuck you. And then the part, dude, the part, part and then the part when she says like, and, and and another one bites dust, where it's like kind of like yeah. a throwaway line. You can hear like the tuba in the background play the do 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 do, and it's one line. It's <laughs> I never one noticed that. throwaway fucking line, dude. I never noticed that. Oh my god, it's so good. It's so buried. You can barely hear it, but if you listen to it, because you're focused on Gwen saying, and then the wind bites the dust. And you hear the tube in yeah. the background, do 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 do, as she says it. Fucking oh, money. Shit, that's right. I so never noticed money. that. It is so money. Huh? That's okay. what I'm saying. This was produced by the Neptune, so like Pharrell had his hand in this. And uh, honestly, God, man, whenever whenever the Neptunes produce anything. It's it's it's, it's at gonna least be gold. good. It's at least good. For the most part, it's it's gold. For the most part, it's gold. And man, this is just like this song is just so simple, right? Just we're clapping here, we're clapping and stomping. Yeah, oh. yeah. Man, this song is so good. <laughs> I can't, I can't even, I can't even. How is this well, your stinker? How is this your fucking stinker? You're being a. This is this this really is my stinker though. Like, I know not even you're like being a silly. Because you're being this, a silly this boy. Song, I fucking hate this song. I fucking. Hate yeah, it so no, much. You I think you, it's so you, obnoxious. This this is like this is. I always make fun of you for trying to be a cool guy, but this is <laughs> the most egregious thing that you have ever done at trying so hard this to be a cool guy. Is this is terrible, man. It is it is so obnoxious. I get what she was doing, and it was it was a cool clap back, but damn, it's a song I never want to listen to. I never want to listen to it. I think it's it's just it's purely obnoxious. I don't like cheer music. I grew up in a household with a lot of that. And I fucking hate it. It's so annoying. It's I. I think if you grew up around it, you might understand. But, oh, dude, it's some terrible, terrible stuff. Going to cheer competitions and hearing this shit over and over again, watching people do the same dance moves over and over again. It's dude. I, I, she did a good job, honestly. Or the Neptunes did a, did a great job making a cheer song, but. It's still not a good song. Dude, the video it's was really dope. Not. So you probably the video don't like, was cool. You probably didn't like Bring It I On, like the movie? The I, dude, I will. I hate the movie, but I've seen <laughs> that movie probably like maybe 40 times oh, because of my so sister. Good. The movie is so it, good. It was, it was to the point where I was, it was kind of a dick move, but I was so tired. I was so sick of watching it because of my sister that I stole the DVD and I hid it somewhere and I said, I don't know what happened to it. And they never found it. They ended up having to buy a new copy like a month later because they couldn't find the one I stole. The movie is so good. It's just it's it's, it's oh, like a it's like a cheerleading version of of like the Jets and the Socias fighting, like gang territory. Oh, fucking dude, cool. So, Love it. I fucking hate it. I fucking hate it. You just you just got but, some like bad blood with with just cheered things in general. Then I guess. I just I hate the song. I hate the song. But the video is the video is great because I'm pretty sure the high school they went to was Loera High School, which. It's significant to you and I, at least. It looked um, like Laura, but I'm pretty sure it's Laura because that's where she went to high school. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, just from the one thing that I read, it was it, it said it was not Laura. It was some school in L.A., which I really wish it would have been Laura. Like I've been to Laura dances and I've been to that school a hundred times, and it yeah, looked like Laura. 
but like I don't know, all these schools look the fucking same. Yeah, true. But I thought I thought like the the scenes where they're riding the car, I thought they filmed those in Anaheim, but I guess I, not. I think those were like down some main street in L.A. Oh, that's fucking stupid. Nah, that's lame. That's really dumb. But yeah, anyway, the the song is it's it's terrible. It's a stinker. It's an absolute fucking stinker. That is absolutely wrong. You are <laughs> you could not listen, you I, honestly could not be more wrong about that. I listened to it once this week, and then every time after that, I skipped it because it's that bad. There are so many things that you've been wrong about on this pod, but I think this may be number <laughs> one. I'm actually going to add it to our 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 fucking our show what? notes. Our, I'm going to add a, a, a stupid shit Tyler has been wrong about number one, and this <laughs> this is going to be it to our show notes. I'm adding it right now because this is <laughs> this is bad. Like this is really, really, really bad. At you'll worst, learn. you'll, you'll at get there. Someday. Worse. This is an okay song, at worst. But even then, at, no. Even it's then. really not good, dude. I think you're. I think you're just. You're brainwashed in some weird way, and um, you know it's fine. No, you'll, you're, you'll grow out of it. I guess you're brainwashed. You're you're stuck in the past. If I grew up on cheer music and I hate it, therefore anything that is cheer related, I will not like. But I never liked it at the beginning. I still don't like it. I think it's just stupid music. I don't. I That's think it's what pop music is. It's pop music. I know. Is stupid music. And I love some stupid. I do love stupid pop music. You and know, this that. is a deliberate attempt at making fun of stupid pop music, and she did it really well. And she made a good pop song out of it. The entire record is like that, though, and the entire but, record is better than this song. But nothing is this 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 aggressively this egregious, condescending in like the pop realm. This is like the only <sighs> thing on this record that is just like, like she's making fun of the genre. True, but you can take it too far, and she took it too far with this song. No, she didn't take it far enough. <laughs> anyway, um, so lyrically, obviously, we, we we talked about that a bit. Uh, do we have anything else? On, no, on we can we can we can fucking move on from the, the stinker. I mean, because there are some great songs, and you would agree there are some Jesus other great Christ. songs. So we we can we can move on. I right. have like I think I have eight bangers. Seven <laughs> or eight good. bangers. Yeah. And this should not be one of them, but that's okay. This is You'll the, this, this is the one B. This is the the biggest banger. Oh, boy, you say some. What is what is your what man. is your one B then? I swear to God, if it's fucking luxurious, I'm signing off. We're done. I'm done. <laughs> it's bubble pop electric. Come on, of course dude. it is because you like fucking that how that Euro pop shit. How do you not love this song? What does it say for you? It's my three B. You're the fucking worst, dude. I, so I forgot. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. It's an amazing song, and I forgot how much she uh, she kind of takes from the the nineties Euro pop scene. There, in this song, there's a couple other songs too where she really draws from that whole scene. And there's a couple parts too that remind me a, sh- a ton of Aqua, uh, like vocally and stuff. Remind me a lot of Aqua. But yeah, Bubble Pop Electric. It is it is the poppiest thing you could possibly think of. Like the like literal like bubble popping sounds in the song kind of modulated yeah. and 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 weirded out See, like, but there's like, a really cool drum beat too like why program do you like drum that? beat you like the fact that this this is a bubble gum pop song and it's called bubble yeah. pop and then she actually yeah. has noises of bubbles popping you like it's that it's so on the nose but then like the holla bad girl thing bothers you so you you just because i hate i don't i don't understand what it is where too, i don't understand what i hate at. that i I hate that stomping kind of thing, you know, the stomping and clapping, clapping thing. I think it's so cheesy and so silly. 
I've never been into that. And that's what Hollaback Girl is. I, I, but this I, one is like more of like an actual pop song. I actually tried rather to than find, like a chant. I tried to find how they recorded that because it sounds crisp. It sounds the the Hollaback part I'm talking about. I'm going backwards. Because mm. it sounds good and it actually sounds like they are stomp they're having like a bunch of people stomp and clap in like an assembly at a school. At like yeah, an auditorium or something. That's what it sounds like. Because there's a little bit of like verb at the end of it, but it doesn't linger too long. It fades really, really quick. And I couldn't find of whether or not it was just all program and fake or if I mean, they actually had was. people do it. I don't know. It's we're talking the Neptunes here. We're not this is not just some fucking Joe Schmo producer. This is, but this I also is the Neptunes. This, but I don't think who, the Neptunes really I don't think they really focus on like analog kind of organic sounds. I feel like they, they kind of manipulate sounds current like, like already recorded sounds i feel like they that's focus on quality into. quality is is, is yeah job yeah. number one with the neptunes absolutely and but that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be something organic and, and doesn't animal. have to be but if they're going to get it that, that's that's silly to think <coughs> that if they can get a better sound by doing this they wouldn't explore that they're too good they're true, too good yeah, true so so right. I, i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because they've only done gold before this and so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, thinking that if they could have made a better sound doing it organically, as you say, then they would have explored that avenue. Yeah, you're probably right. And they probably had the budget to do it, too. I mean, Gwen was on top of the, I mean, no doubt we're on top of the world. Yeah, come so, on. Come yeah, on. The, I mean, and when you look at it, too, who was on this record? I mean, Dr. Dre produced a song. <laughs> you know, there's come like on. three or four songs with the Neptunes behind the board. Uh, co-writing as well. I mean, and then, and then there's this girl that I, that that kept coming up that I, I I didn't know who it was. So finally, I clicked on her name, and it's the girl who fucking the singer from Four Non Blondes. Mm-hmm. I was like, God damn, that's that's also super dope. Like, kind of like a passing of torch type of thing from I don't know because she's like highly respected in in in, in the music world as the Four Non Blondes oh, yeah. being like a like a female fronted band, just iconic. Great yeah, they stuff. Really are. And she was on, what, I think, three songs, and then Pharrell did, or Neptunes did four songs. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's a pretty eclectic record, and it's surprisingly cohesive. It, it, nothing nothing really falls flat outside of maybe two songs for me. But, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really good, really good record, and a lot of um, really amazing pop songs. And I never realized that Gwen could put out, you know, quality pop music like this. It's it's insane. She she come, she kind of like three sixtyed it, and went from the ska, alt rock to this. It's pretty fucking rad. For pretty sure, because like we we there's definitely some pop elements to like Return of Sandard. There's yeah. there's songs on there that are definitely poppy, but like it's it's, n- it's nothing close to even the worst pop song on this album. Like it's nothing close. Like this is yeah yeah. This is impressive. This is an impressive venture. <laughs> I forgot how fucking great this record was until this week. It's been, it's been close to fifteen years since I listened to it last. Like when this yeah. record came out. Yeah, same. It's been so long, and I liked it back then. I never had any issues with it back then, but I just know I don't know. I never went back to it, and damn, dude, this is a good record. Uh, also, uh, Bubble Pop Electric. I mean, I don't know how often you go on TikTok, but there, this part of this song went viral. Has been viral, gone viral on. TikTok in like the last six months. Yeah. I want yeah, TikTok dude, this all is the time. a fucking killer song. Are you really? No. Yeah, you fucking idiot. You're stupid. I don't even have a TikTok because um, I'm a cool guy. Oh, yeah. See, there we go. You make fun of me, but that's fine. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, Bubble Pop Electric. Let, let's play a little bit of it. We'll get into the lyrics a little uh, a bit, and then who knows where we'll go from there. So here it is from Gwen Stefani. Come on, Johnny. When you gonna get here? All right, hold your pretty horses. I'll be there in a minute. You just get yourself dolled up, all right, Tussin? You pick a place. You just pick a place. Um, Johnny? Yeah, Gwen, Gwen, Gwen. You might want to hurry because tonight is the There you have it, Bubble Pop Electric from Gwen Stefani. Also, we, we didn't mention, but uh, Andre 3000 is on this song as well. He does the uh, the man's voice picking her up on a date. <laughs> I love that. I love the little story that goes along with this song. It, it's, it's so wholesome, but then once you read the lyrics or hear the lyrics, it's like, wow, dude, this is very kind of explicit. And, yeah, just wants to get laid. This is that's all it is. Straight sexual, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's, but it's 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 in like a fun way. It's in a fun kind of like cute way. Much of like like you see fifties movies where they're kind of similar, not quite as as explicit and, and and over the top as this is. But you know, like a girl who's saying Johnny tonight's the night. Like we all know what they're talking about. You know, it's yeah, fun. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like a cool, a modern take on like an old tradition. I think that's cool. And it's kind of like a it's kind of like a role reversal too of of an old tradition where it's the girl being more forward and the girl you know dictating what's going to be happening, you know, yeah at, on on this particular night. Which you know Gwen has always been a part of. She's always been you know very very much you know female empowerment or women empowerment, whatever you want to call it. Um. And th- this song really shows it too, which is it's fucking rad. Dude, Gwen's just, rad. she's she's always just been uh, she's I don't know awesome, I don't even, so confident like she's always been so fucking confident, and I yeah. think that's just like what's made her so popular with just all walks of life. And this album too, because of its of its pop influence of some of the hip hop elements, like now we're transitioning from from her just being popular with like 
ska kids now to some of the hip hop culture and some of like the dance culture and the pop realm because above all else, like she's just so confident all the time. And mm-hmm. like, you got to like that. You got to love that. It's so great. I, I think it's awesome. And uh, also, fuck, what was I just going to say? Dude, like the bridge in this <sighs> part, there's a little back and forth that's just her doing the back and forth because she's the only singer. And then the bridge yeah. part here where she's going back and forth, like it's so goddamn good. It's, it's so really good, really good. good. This song, I love this song. This is this is like a this is a beyond banger. Honestly, this is this song is a beyond banger. It's not a beyond banger. No, don't get crazy. This is don't get don't get excited. Banger. It's not a beyond banger. This is a beyond banger. Hollaback Girl is a stinker, and uh, what what I also like uh, lyrically with this song or with the two songs with Andre with Andre three thousand is that they kind of they go hand in hand with one another. I don't know how much you want to talk about that other song because I don't think it's a particularly good song. But no, it wasn't. It wasn't a uh, uh, a banger for me. No. It's almost a stinker for me. No, uh, come on. Dude, I fucking hate that last song. Why? I fucking hate it. I just I think it's a bad song. I think the beat's bad. I think the vocals are terrible. The way they layer they layered the vocals on top of each other. I think it sounds it's fine. bad. It's not catchy. It's not supposed to be only, catchy. The only good thing about that song is the lyrics. And I think the lyrics with within that song and this particular song in is that, you know, this is like it's in like an interracial relationship and this is them going out on a date. And then the other song, the last song is them kind of taking a deeper dive into having, into being into in a interracial interracial wow. relationship. That go. was a tough one. Interl, that was a tough one. Interl, interracial. Interl. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of L's. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I know it's talking about that and, and, and how it can, how difficult it can be at times and how people treat, couples differently because of of just the race thing and i like that that they kind of connected the two songs lyrically like subtly connected the two songs because you know that because andre's on both of them i i like that a lot but otherwise that last song i just i don't i don't care about that song i i, I enjoy the last song <coughs> um it, it is the most hip-hop song on the album i dig it i like it yeah, yeah. no it is for sure the most hip-hop song on the album and but i like, like it because barely. There's only like two songs that only have like two people on it, as far as writers and producers go. It's mm-hmm. the long way or long way to go with Dre, and then uh, Crash that she did with Tony. Like, there's only two songs that only have two people, Gwen and somebody else, as a writer and producer. Mm-hmm. And like, I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. That's but cool. like, you know, dude, like what? if you're going to use like Martin Luther King's "I Have a Dream" speech, that is. Ooh, it's that ballsy. is ballsy. That is so Very ballsy. ballsy yeah. Like, God damn, you better make, you better make a pretty good song. <laughs> like, you better have a good message. And they, I, I think they, and they did it. I don't think, yeah, it, like I, I said, so. like you said, I don't think it's a great song. It's an okay song for me, but to use a Martin more Luther King speech for sure, like you, like you can't fuck this up. And mm-hmm. they did not fuck it up. Yeah, not not lyrically. I, I like I said, lyrically, I think it's a, it's a solid song. But musically, I think it falls so flat. I think I mean I don't know. It was supposed to be an Outcast song, but they, they scrapped it and became a Gwen song. It was supposed to be on uh, Dre's part of uh, Speaker Box, Love Below. Oh God! But we all know how terrible that that record is, or his his half of the record is. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> it's fucking so terrible. It's, it's surprisingly bad, oh, yeah. and that's why Big Boy is the better of the two. 
telling oh, you. He's so much better. And maybe I honestly, I was thinking today, maybe I don't like this song so much because I came to that realization that Dre is not that great and he is by far the worst part of Outcast. And it really kind of made me think back and there Dre doesn't do that many great things. He's, I mean, he, he, uh, he is does a, the is a great catchy song. He, he does the one thing great. He does like that that kind of like Hey Ya is a perfect example of that one, two, three, four, like that yeah. that excited thing. He does that thing better than like most can ever do. But that's it. That's that's like yeah. all he does. He can't I mean, he's, he can't he's, go fast. He, he sounds choppy. It sounds bad. Can't go slow. Can't sing. Can't act. Well, in in Bob his his rapping verse in Bob is actually really good. So he can do it, but he chooses not to do it. I think what, what I think when we talked about it, it was after the first record. He didn't want to really rap anymore. He wanted to make it more of like a soul, soulful thing. And he kind of took on that role. And then Big Boy continued on with just like the straightforward rapping. B.O.B.'s like definitely like the best example of him doing something that's not what he normally does. Yeah. And the, and the only time he does it well. I mean, really, the only time he, he had done it since the first record. Because he really doesn't do it on, on Aquemini, doesn't do it on, on ATLians or anything like that. Oh I, I, I wanted to listen to both of those records tonight, but I won't. <laughs> I haven't listened to them since but I got them. I have oh. not listened to them since I got them. Oh. But they're great records. Great records. Okay. All anyway. right. Yeah, Bubblegum Pop anyway. is your uh, Bubblegum bubble pop. pop, Aqua Pop. That's your favorite song here. Okay. But you love this song, too. It's a favorite Yeah, it's by 3B. Song. You know, and, and I kind of touched upon it earlier real quick. The even though the drums are programmed, they have like a really kind of urgency to them. And I, I always thought like how cool it would be to hear the song with a real drummer on it. And a really cool drummer that could play the song super well would be John Theodore. Like he kind of has that, that fast shuffle kind of thing that he does, especially with the hi-hat. I think John Theodore could fucking kill the song on the drums. And if they had an actual drummer rather than program drums or a drum machine, dude, this song could be even better than it already is. My favorite part of this song is the drum beat, and specifically in the chorus, there's a broken cymbal hit that goes in the chorus that he hits like the hi-hat once and then it like, it stops and then he hits it again and it stops and it's in like this weird pacing and it's kind of just, it's like off time just by a hair. Yeah. And I love that. It's some Mars Volta shit, man. Yeah. Some Mars Volta shit. You're right. That would be fucking super cool to have like a live drummer like this. That was okay. like when when I saw when 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 friend of the pod Ryan and I saw LMFAO at Cal State Fullerton, they had a live That's band so play. Weird. That's yeah. so fucking crazy. That's so. Cool. I know they had a live drummer. They had a oh. guitarist, a bass player, a keyboard. They played fucking. They had a live band backing them, and it was so amazing. That is so sick. So fucking sick. Awesome stuff. Fucking goddamn it. So, I I know you you don't really. You probably don't know this this singer, but she's a Japanese singer named Utada Hikaru, and John Theodore played on one of her records back in 2003 uh, while he was still in the Mars Volta, and he played all the drums on the record, and his drumming on that record is almost is, is a lot like the program drums in this particular song. And there's one song in particular. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you later after the pod. It's called Kremlin Dusk. Anybody out there listening, listen to Kremlin Dusk by her. And John Theodore plays drums on it, and his drums are so fucking amazing on this on this particular song. But he plays on the entire record. But yeah, go 
go check it out. It's fucking awesome. But I'll send you the Kremlin Dusk. Kremlin <laughs> Dusk. Dude, it's it's a it's a fucking rad song. It's in English, but she normally sings in Japanese, but yeah, no, it's it's a killer song. It actually the song actually sounds like a Mars Volta song, but sung by her. It's super fucking weird, but you'll understand once you hear it. Anyway, back to this album. Um Let's uh, let's get on to your uh, your number two. What do you got? What's what's your two B? That was your that was your one. That was B, my right? one B. Yeah, that's yeah. my one B. Uh, my two B is what you waiting for. That's my two B as well. I don't give a fuck, dude. I don't care if I'm gonna pick all the popular ones. I don't care. I'm not scared <laughs> like fine. you are. Okay, I'm not scared. I'm not care. either. I don't I'm care. I'm not either. The song's fucking amazing. Like she she makes she makes such amazing singles. They're just, this, they're perfect. It's fucking perfect. This song is so good, dude. <laughs> I know. Like the way, the way the album starts off is her on a piano and you think, okay, mm-hmm. I mean, just imagine you've never heard anything by Gwen Stefani, the solo artist. And you've only heard No Doubt. She starts off on the piano. And it's a good melody. She's got a good voice and it's, it's kind of reminiscent of like a don't speak type song from No Doubt. And you think, okay, like what the fuck? Where is she going to go with this? I thought this was going to be a pop thing. And it drops into that TikTok part. <laughs> yeah. It drops so hard. It's it drops so, so hard. Yeah. And like the bass is super heavy and it's got that fuzz on it. And, and I just, I could not fucking believe how amazing this song is. It, it's it's like you think this is going to start out with like a ballad and this is going to be like a ballad kind of solo record. It's almost disappointing really when yeah. you put it on. Yeah. But yeah, it, it does drop extremely hard. And all she's saying is TikTok, TikTok, TikTok and then there's TikTok, like people speaking TikTok. Japanese in the back room, back room, background, and it's just it's it's chaos. This song is fucking chaos. Take a chance, you stupid hoe. Love singing that. Oh, shout oh, every time. Oh, it's the O's after that part too that are just none of. There's nothing about the song that makes any fucking sense, but it's it's so it's so catchy and so amazing i love it i just love the cha- the chaotic nature of this rec- of this particular song this one um just a little background here just because i was i was i was getting into some of this stuff this was produced by somebody nelly hooper mm-hmm. don't really know anything much about her don't really yeah. care but there's two things of note that i thought was interesting she scored the romeo plus juliet soundtrack oh god so you know we just <laughs> talked about that how much i love that yeah, and then yeah, and then something for you, she won a Grammy for the Smashing Pumpkin song. The end is the beginning is the end. Oh, from uh, Batman. Yeah, Batman Forever. Yeah, no shit. She oh, produced fuck. that song. Oh, dude, so, that song is so good. Well, something for everybody, there, baby. Yeah. <laughs> fucking shit, dude. That song is so fucking good. That song never made any of their records. It was only on that soundtrack. And really, a quick quick little fact for all the vinyl people out there. Really, the only people that buy the reissue of the of Batman Forever on vinyl is because of that Smashing Pumpkins song. Otherwise, that soundtrack kind of sucks. But that's the song that everybody buys that I, soundtrack for. I I don't even know what else is on the soundtrack, but I I would not disagree with what you were saying. Because <laughs> it was it was repressed for Record Store Day last year, I think it was. Maybe no, it was last year. It was it was reissued for Record Store Day, and it sold out like everywhere. But it was because of that one song. Is yeah. it is it is it Batman and Robin? No, it's Batman Forever. Batman Forever. Yeah, I think it's Batman Forever. Yeah, it's Batman you, Forever. All it, stupid ass George Clooney movies. No, Batman Forever is uh, is Val Kilmer. I thought Batman and Robin was Val Kilmer. 
No, no Batman, Batman and Robin is, is Clooney. I thought Clooney Val did Kilmer two. Was, no, Clooney only did one. What a loser. Val, <laughs> Val Kilmer was the worst Batman of all no, time. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. George no, Clooney was, was better not. Batman. Because he, Val Kilmer couldn't pull off Bruce Wayne. No, you're wrong. I, I, no, I Val Kilmer's no, trash. Val no, Kilmer I cannot like, pull off Bruce Wayne. I, That's I the I will problem. say this. It is controversial. But I prefer, I like Batman Forever more than I like the first two Michael Keaton Batman. Movies. That's not that controversial. I think, I, I think the first, I, I think the, I think Batman Returns is stupid, but I think Batman has his merits. See, I'm the opposite. I think Returns is better than the first one, but I think Batman Forever is the superior out of that, out of the, that block of four, Batman Forever is the better one. It has, to me, it has the best Batman. It has the best villains with Jim Carrey as the Riddler as Tommy Lee Jones is Two Face, <laughs> fucking how can you get better than that? Nicole Kidman was great in that movie, being the, the, the love interest. The problem that was, was fucking great. It was campy, but it was it didn't intend to be campy, and so then it just no, kind of got you're lost wrong. in no, itself. No, 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 you're wrong. You're totally fucking wrong. I just watched these like a month ago, like no, a month and a half ago. You probably watched no, you watched Batman and Robin. That's why you got it confused. So you watched the wrong one. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Batman <laughs> Forever is fucking good, man, and it has like such a cool Batmobile too. It was so cool and unique. No, nah, okay. Batman Robin's better. Was, you're fucking stupid. Batman when did Robin's you watch? When was the last one you watched? The one with fucking uh, Batgirl in it. At least Silverstone, Silverstone, baby. Stone? Come on, stupid Arnold yeah. and Uma Thurman, and then the the stupid ass Bane in that movie. Chill fucking out. Dumb. <laughs> that was like yeah. the only good line in that whole movie. <laughs> Chris O'Donnell? Come God on, damn. man. Come on, man. Chris O'Donnell. He hasn't done shit outside of Batman. Fuck he doesn't need to do shit. He doesn't need to do shit. Yeah, fuck him. Who's Robin? <laughs> Just saying. Uh, yeah, What You Waiting God. For is my 2B. I love it. Yeah. I think it's a fucking banger of a song. There's this, uh, like, the, so the song drops in hard, and it's amazing. And there's a bridge part. The bridge part slows it down a little bit. But then after mm-hmm. it drops after the bridge, I think that is like the biggest drop on the album. And that like that part after the bridge, I get so happy. I get so excited. <laughs> like, it's fucking good. I like rewind the Spotify thing just so I could hear that part again, just because <laughs> it's just like you already you've already built me up, but then you bring me down a little bit and then build me up even higher than where I was previously. And I love it so much. <sighs> I know. But doesn't doesn't the way she sings remind you of Hashpipe by Weezer? Uh, I guess so. Yeah, because she sings a little bit higher in the song. It's a, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like the, the Weezer, same. Dude. That is. It's kind of the same melody, huh? That's the yeah. way River sings the verses of Hashpipe for sure. You're <laughs> right. I never. I've never made that connection, but fuck, it makes sense. I can't. I can't. I, I can't not hear Hashpipe by Weezer when I sing, when I listen to this. But I love it. Fuck. So love and then it. just and then the way that the scale she does with her voice, that down, 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 down. It's so simple. It's so stupid. Fuck. It's a good song, man. It's a good pop song. It's a mess. It's a yeah. it's a mess, a chaotic song, but I fucking love it. So here's a here's a little bit of a what you waiting for? What you waiting for? From uh, the Gwen Stefani's. <laughs> Go by, now it's only 
Ooh, that's a good fade by me. <laughs> but there it is. What you waiting for from Gwen Stefani. Love this song, man. I, I'll never not think of the, the hash pipe comparison. Like, it's right? so obvious now. It's so obvious. <laughs> wow, I've never, ever thought of that. That's that's great. It's, it's so, great. I mean, like, dude, like, no one has. I, I've, we listen to, like, a, quite a bit of music, and I've never heard anybody come close to matching that kind of high-pitched downscale that Rivers does. Because it, it, it shouldn't, it should not be good. But for whatever reason, they both pull it off so well. It's it's great. It's great, man. It's fucking great. So good. <laughs> All right, then, so, uh, uh, so what did you, you watch the video for this one? I did watch the video, yes. I did didn't you watch, watch the extended one, though. You watch, Oh, it's, it's like the seven-minute long one? I didn't watch that one. I just watched the, the standard one. So in the, uh, the seven-minute long one, it's just a bigger story of what's happening. And yeah. she's, but like, it's a good video. It's a good video and it's shot well. And like, it's just a good storytelling video. And I really like mm-hmm. it a lot. It is. It, it like, has the, like it the a lot, Alice a lot. Wonderland thing going on. It's a great video. It has her like, like having like writer's block. And then she goes to this clinic and she has to fill out a questionnaire. And the questionnaire asks her these stupid fucking questions. Like, do you like the smell of gasoline is one of them. And it's just it's silly, and, and yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's just it's cool. I like it, and and it's just it's a very cool storytelling music video, and it made me think like, like where do we lose music videos that just told a good story that just maybe maybe happy from beginning to end, and this one tells a great story from beginning to end. At the very end of it, because in the beginning of it, she goes to this place, this clinic, to help her with her writer's block. And then the the lady says, "Oh, you can just pay us when your job's done." And then you're, she's like, "Well, when, like when will I know when the job's done?" And then it kind of goes into the TikTok thing. And the very very end, after the song's over, the lady at the clinic like knocks on the window and says, like, "Yeah, I got your bill here," which I thought was so fucking cool. Yeah, that's amazing. It's that's, good storytelling. It's great, man. But I think I think at this point in 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 time people started making not making like crazy music videos because there was no money in it. MTV was on the outs. There's no there's no reason to make a a storytelling music video like this. It's not going to make sense to put drop a million, 2 million dollars on a video. Man, I like guess a good what it is. a good music video dude can just I don't know, can live on forever. Beats a, a great music video can still beat an okay album. You throw out an okay album that's okay at best, but you drop like a really, really good video. I'm gonna remember it. You'll live on forever. Yeah. But maybe not now though. Everything is too is too instant gratification. Like I don't, I don't think people could focus on on a five minute video anymore. It's just not gonna happen. We got to get back to uh, to good videos. I mean, we gotta, but we're not going to. That's the thing. Mm. Mm. At least with with like big pop hits and stuff like that. It's just never gonna happen. Never, never, never. Never, never, never. <clears throat> but uh, I mean, what, what do you have lyrically on this song? Uh, I, mean, I, th- I, th- I thought this was about her because I, I highlighted it all in red, and then it was it messed with my eyeballs. But I thought this was about her, <laughs> like expressing her doubts about like her solo career, and, and I don't know, kind of like a like an inner dialogue of her 
of her desire to be like a pop star, but also be like a good mom at home and, and wanted to have like a family, but also just, I don't know, quit being lazy and get off your ass and do it. Yeah. What you that's kind of what I got too. It was, and it, I think it was also her, her, her kind of <clears throat> uncertainty of, of making music outside of a band, like doing something completely on her own like this as a solo record and just having the courage to take that step forward. But then people were, were saying like, oh, it could also be about her, you know, getting a little bit older and wanting to have kids. And then her that kind of like, you know, countdown to not being able to have kids again or the countdown to not having kids ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but it, what is that called? The It's called something. Know. It's called something. But bro, we went to the, the public school in California. Our sexual education was one semester. <laughs> if shot no, at that. best. It wasn't even that, I don't think. Well, you had to what take health semester? class. I, I took. I, oh yeah. My yeah, one no, semester we did, we was did, Mi- Mr. Malavar, who was the wrestling coach. So like his interest was in wrestling, and then he just so happened to teach health class. I learned nothing. So that's that's about the extent of my <laughs> of my of my knowledge of of whatever you're trying to say. I know what you're trying to say. I just don't know what it's called. Don't know. The, yeah, yeah. You're right though. Yeah, I I I did take one semester i don't i don't remember the guy's name though but yeah he was it was terrible i don't remember learning anything in that class either yeah but anyway garbage do we have anything else on uh what 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 uh, what you waiting for what you waiting for you got anything for no all right so then uh what's your 3b what do you got that i had my 3b my 3b was bubble pop bubble pop electric Electric, electric, electric. Dude, that song. I can't get over how good that song is. That's not that's not a one B song though. That's just silly. It is though. It is. All right, it's, so it's, my it's um, silly. You're being silly. What? You're being silly. No, I'm being realistic and I'm being smart because I'm a smart person. Mm. Duh, stupid. Mm. My number three, my three B on this record, is the real thing. Uh, this song really surprised me. I I was fucking hooked on this song. I. I thought uh, musically it was so captivating. It was so eighties, but I, I couldn't. I oh. just there was just something. There's like a whole like I don't. I hate using the word, but the word but vibe. There's a whole vibe to this song that was just so intriguing, and I just I love 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 this song. You're a ballad man, and this is kind of like her uh, her love ballad here. So that's fine. Yeah. So what where does this sit for you? you this is my eight B. This is this is my eight okay. B. But this one teetered on becoming an okay song. But so, um, dude, this is this is such a good song. So I don't even remember like what how the melody goes or anything actually. So I mean, this could be just an okay one. I think but, like, this is I, a song that you have to listen to multiple times to really get the to to really kind of have that chorus stick in your mind. But this right, this whole this entire song is very layered. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to take in. I think it's one of the more more complex songs on this on this record. I don't know if I go that far. I don't know if I go that far. This is this this screams like just basic singing her love for Gavin. Like this is just her love song, and that's 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 all it is. But I like like when I mentioned earlier about her voice. I did write this is one of my favorite like vocal parts of the album because she has such that solid Mm -hmm. like crisp voice, and it penetrates deep as it drags on, and she doesn't do that 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 vocal fluctuation, the vibrato thing. That just I just I can't stand that shit. Don't like it. Don't let people do it. It doesn't sound good. You're not singing in an opera. Shut the fuck up. But I don't know. 
like the driving bass never gives up here and it makes this kind of like fun euro pop kind of dance song with some good 80s sounding emo elements and then I, it's kind of mm-hmm. cool that like some of the members of New Order provided backup vocals and some instrumentation. That's cool. That's yeah. fun. Yeah, Pete, Peter Hook, the bass player. Pete did he? Very, very famous. Yeah. Very famous uh, bass player. He played in Joy Division as well. If I'm not mistaken, I think Don't he give a fuck Joy about these fucking eighties bands. Joy Division, but Joy Division people like think are punk, and I've listened to Joy Division. Don't yeah, get it. I I don't don't get I don't it. I don't care. I don't give two shits about Joy Division or New Order for that matter. But he's still, I mean, Peter Hook is very, very famous and popular for being in both of those bands. Because people fucking love those bands, and I don't fucking Of course, because he's, he's, he's an Englishman, and they fucking love their bad music over there. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Peter Hook uh, plays bass on this song. And fun little fact here, his son, Jack Bates, is the bass player for Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, so there you go. So there you go. Um, Just all these names I don't care about. Um, but this song, I shouldn't like this song because I really don't like '80s new wave music. But that's what this song is. It's it's a straight up new wave song. But for whatever reason, Gwen's voice just complements this style perfectly. I, I it, her voice is just like beautiful on this song. I I love it, and her backup vocals in the chorus. I think they're not they're not like super complex or layered they're just they remind me a lot of madonna 80s madonna like good madonna back then and i don't know man this song is the song is fucking amazing i think it's a truly amazing song it's it is very bass heavy not i mean there are some cool bass lines but it's just like it's not it's not overly synth driven and it's killer man it's a killer fucking song I mean, it's good. It's it's eight B slash okay song good. I I don't understand how it's a possible three B for you, but um, I, I was surprised your holla back uh, your holla back rank. That was there. my stinker. I don't I don't I, I don't know I don't know. And so the real the, this song because I, I finalized my notes yesterday, my secret notes yesterday, and the real thing was never really. It was never really high in my rankings uh, as a banger on, on this list, but then every time I listened to it, I kept thinking, "Wow, dude, this song!" It would like kind of blow my mind every time I listened to it, Let and then I listened to it mind. one last. I was just I I can't I can't get over how great the song is. There, I I can't even explain yeah, it sometimes. You're balloting through and through. Alkaline Trio uh, converted you. That you're you're a changed man. <laughs> I know. I I cannot believe it. So I'm gonna play a little bit of the real thing, and then we'll move on. So here it is, from a. Uh, Gwen Stefani.
there you have it, the real thing from Gwen Stefani. I don't know how you don't like this. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. <laughs> wow, man, that is that is a great song. There there are moments in that chorus too that also remind me a lot of Aqua when when they kind of when she when they kind of do their more ballad stuff it kind of reminds me of that a bit maybe that's why I, I like it I well. remember doing the aqua episode and and thinking like every song on that album was going to be just game changing pop and then realizing like fuck man they have a lot of <laughs> slow songs that are exactly the same so i i get it i get it i get it but that aqua record is fucking great that first aqua record so good um yeah okay um i will I, say that the I, uh i think you gave it a perfect three out of three i'm like, oh, not even come joking on guy. come on guy i think not even joking i really think you gave it a three out of three no there's no way because not every song was perfect okay well anyway what were you gonna say i, I was gonna say that the last the, like the second half of this album side b of this album i wrote that this is essentially transitioned into some like cool ass roller rink fucking dance album like remember going to the roller rink as kids <laughs> and they play like yeah. fucking hadaway another night another dream <laughs> like all these cool Euro, ass fucking yeah, techno Euro songs dance. Euro like, that's dance. what or Euro that's what the, that's what the second half of this album turned into and you're, i you're thought it was fucking right dope i loved it i thought it was amazing like serious the one after this one not a banger yeah. for me but i love it i think it's fucking awesome and, and yeah, it's like it's like a slower '80s jam. That's what it is. Like these, they, the, I, I don't know. I, I just imagine going around in circles for two hours wearing roller skates on like a Friday <laughs> night. That's what I think about. I yeah, cool. It is fucking cool, man. What I mean, I, I really want to compliment Gwen because obviously she grew up in the '80s. I mean, she was a kid in the '80s. But then she like twenty in her twenties. It was it was during the nine or during the nineties. She was in her twenties, and it's just so cool how she she took from she took from both eras, both decades, and just really kind of made something really really great out of it. I mean, it wasn't like a direct ripoff. It was just a really good homage to both eras of pop music. She did it so fucking well. I mean, like like we were just talking about with this song. And then, like, look at Luxurious. That that song is straight out of '90s R&B, like straight up out of that. And yeah, for sure. She just you could just totally tell. Like this this album was made out of her love of pop music from those two from those two decades. And she she, she was, absolutely fucking kills it. She was born like I think she was born 1969. So really, that so, long ago? I guess so. That makes she sense. like her formative years were in the '80s. But her like adult formative years were in the nineties. So she was like in, in her twenties in the nineties, in her tens in the eighties. So yeah, yeah. like your teens, you soak up so much information and so much stuff of what's going on. And that like that was the eighties for her. So no matter what, like the eighties sound is always going to be ingrained in her and she's going to like that sound because that's what she really truly grew up with. And in the twenties yeah. is a different, entirely different growing up phase of, of your life but that was the 90s and that's where like no doubt came in and that's where like also her brother like eric her older brother eric she he had an mm-hmm. immense just impact on her life and and music and things like that and her parents were, were 
big folk musicians and they love folk music. So she's just been in, in, I don't know, culturally, she's just had a lot of music ingrained in her from a young age. But 80s is never going to go away because that's, those were her formative years. And no matter what, like whatever, what, what, like whatever you love listening to now, ages of like, I think like, I don't know, for, at least for me, I'm just going to blanket everybody and say the same thing from the ages of like 10 to 16, whatever you liked between those periods, you're never going to not like it for the rest of your life. 100%. I just, it's, it's, it's there for, it's there to stay. You'll understand later on that it's stupid and it's dumb and it's bad, but you're never going to not like it. Mm. You'll always like it. It'll, it'll always be like, it's like comfort food. You're right. It'll always you're be totally there. right. And I think that's the 80s for Gwen. Because we never really heard that, like this this type of sound in No Doubt until like Return of Saturn, until this era of Gwen Stefani finally realized, man, fuck this shit. This is who I am. This is what I want to do. I'm going to mm-hmm. do it. It's funny that, that we're even talking about this right now because kind of fast forwarding from this era, from Gwen Stefani area, from Gwen Stefani and her era in this record, we go to Dream Car, which is the rest of the guys from No Doubt and Davey Havoc from AFI, and they make a straight up '80s new yeah. record. Like it, it it's insane. Yeah. Like it, it totally kind of solidifies what what you were saying about how you know between the ages of say ten and sixteen is what you're always going to go back to, and that's what they did. The guys from No Doubt and AFI, they made a fucking '80s new wave record in 2016, whenever that record came out, that Dream Car record. And it's it's it's, it's true, fucking, man. It, like, it's crazy. It's no cool, matter right? how much cool music we find now on vinyls and and just playing music and listening to music and seeing shows, if we hear something that if something on the radio comes on that that we heard when we were ten to sixteen years old. It's like comfort food. It automatically takes you back to a time because we're children. Like you've no, yeah, you have no yeah. problems as a child, and so I think that's that's really what it is. It takes you back to a time when, like, you had no stress. And I think yeah, I don't seriously. know. Maybe maybe this is like on some or macro stress, level, yeah. right? Like some 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 <laughs> huge macro level where it's not just like comfort food. It's it's wanting to like regress to a point where. Like our parents are taking care of us, or someone else is taking care of us instead of us having to take care of ourselves. So yeah, I, I don't you're, know. You're totally right. Throwing it back to the vinyl thing, like uh, what was it? A while back, I bought that that Juniper Strain record from for like five dollars off some guy because I was already buying something from him. Yeah. And it, I bought it because I remembered the name, and it was something from that era when we were like in our early high school, like probably thirteen, fourteen years old. And I get it, and I listen to it, and it straight up is that like it's straight up this this local southern california hardcore band that aren't very good but just by listening to that style of music it brought me back to everything from that era and it just it was just so nice it wasn't good yeah. but it was just nice it was a fun listen and i know anybody else listening would have thought this is fucking trash it's garbage sure but dude it's just it's it's weird music is fucking weird man it's fucking weird I'm telling you, man, I, I honestly believe that music above politics is the most like div- di- divisive divisive thing that you could ever argue with somebody about because people yeah. take their music so fucking seriously. Because it's so personal. It's so personal. Yeah. A lot of people don't vote. A lot of people don't get into politics. I don't want to get into politics. You know what I mean? But 
everybody's got like their favorite artist. And if you make fun of that favorite artist, they take it very, very personally because you're right. Like it's, it is so personal to you, to you. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like your musical tastes are 100% unique to you. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Literally nobody on the face of the earth likes corn except for you. That's why it's so personal (laughs) to you. (laughs) Can't always be too serious here. <laughs> Dude, corn man, great band. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let, let's get back to this record. We we've been a, we've been a little too earnest. Um, there's all, there's really only two songs that we that I want for sure to talk about. I we have to talk oh, yeah, about. Let, them. Let's get into it. Yeah. And what, then what I'm fine just going off the rails or calling or whatever. But for sure, yeah. I want to talk about Rich Girl, and then for sure, I want to talk about Harajuku Girls. Okay. Well, let, let, let's start with the Rich Girls. Okay. A rich girl. I'm sorry. So yeah, this is the one Dr. Dre produced. Uh, Eve, uh, the 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 singer rapper, was also on this. I I guess she's just more of a rapper, but uh, yeah. she was also on this song. And this is not a banger for me. Where does it sit for you? This is a five B. This is a five B okay. only because I had no idea this was essentially a cover of a cover. Yeah, an interpolation. So of, like, I guess like yeah. the original was was Fiddler on the Roof. And I've I've seen the play Fiddler on the Roof. I like it. I think it's a great fucking play. But I've seen it like one time in high school. And the melody from that it was now taken. And then there's a group called Luchi Lu and in, in Michi One. That's mm, what it looks like. Okay. That's how I'm just pronouncing it phonetically. But it's some like dance hall reggae group that that took that melody, I think, and made their own song. And then Gwen essentially covered the Luchi Lu thing so i went back and listened to the okay. luchi lu and holy fucking shit that is a banger of a song is that, really? is a, <laughs> that is an unreal banger song it's a dance hall reggae thing and it is so goddamn good it is better than the gwen stefani version could ever be but i do like the gwen stefani version i think it's cool it's a great thing to sing along to you can't help but sing along to the na 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 i know you sing along to it I everybody know, does i know I like all it. It's, day. A, it's a all great day. pop song, but dude, you got to go back and listen to that Luchi Lu version. Yeah, I, I, I did it's not. It's so I did good. Not listen to it. it is so good. Fuck. I will say that this is the only song on the record that has any sort of reggae kind of influence to it. Yeah. Like with, it's with almost kind like of upstrokes, upstrokes. It's off beats yeah. there. Yeah, for sure. But otherwise, yeah, this is this is this entire record is completely opposite of everything she had done with No Doubt. Because everything in No Doubt was was based off of you know reggae, ska, two tone, whatever, as well as punk punk music. But yeah, yeah this this record just completely is the outlier. But and I think I think this one's yeah. important to talk about. I mean, we don't have to play because everybody's fucking heard the song. Oh, I know it's. But so it's popular. important because of the lyrics. Like she fucked up. She fucked up big because this song was supposed to be about her in the pre No Doubt state her then aspirations of becoming a rich girl. But it comes mm. off so douchey, and it everybody does, hated yeah. it. Everybody fucking hated this. Everyone was like, what are you talking about? You're already a rich girl. Get the fuck out of here. Because she didn't write it well enough. And I hate to even like say that, but she did a piss-poor job of writing this rich girl song as a pre-no-doubt Gwen, because this completely comes off as disingenuous and douchebaggy. It kind of does. But I think it's like it's the way she kind of it's it's like the setting of it, like talking about Rodeo Drive, I think it is. Like she's talking about, I don't know, 
Like it's just straight off the bat. If I was a rich girl, like dude, come on, yeah, fuck off. Yeah. But like again, she she wrote this song to be in the mindset of the pre no doubt fame phase. So I get it. But you got to dig think, a little deeper to get to that. Like it should already be. It should already be there. I shouldn't have to dig so deep. You you should. I think she should have made the song more in the no doubt style. I mean, yeah, like like we said, she used a lot of the reggae and stuff, or some reggae. But she should have delved more into the no doubt stuff to kind of make it more of a throwback tune, like even make it more like a like a ska song. That would have been that would have made the the lyrics more sincere, had she done that. But whatever, what are you gonna do? The song's whatever. It's fine. This was uh, it was it was overplayed a lot. It was really overplayed. The biggest the biggest disappointment on this album was not having just one song with everybody for no doubt on it. Like I know, that right? was that was it's like weird. the biggest disappointment. And I wish I just wish there was like one fucking song that just had everybody on it. Even just as as, as backup harms or something. Something, just, yeah. Just put them all on, man. Come on. Yeah. And it, it 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 this record kind of made me think maybe you know all the all the talk about the the tragic kingdom era where where the executives were trying to get you know Gwen to do her own thing and and all this stuff maybe that was kind of like that's what she's always wanted but she was always too afraid to do it and this is her finally saying like kind of fuck you to the guys in the band because I mean, I mean you know, why shouldn't why wouldn't she involve all four of them. I mean, I know Tony was on this record extensively, but to not have Tom and Adrian, it's kind of it's a real slap in the face. Honestly. It is. It's it's stupid. It, it it there's no reason for it. Like everybody that does solo albums will always have their usually unless they hate each other, will usually have their old bandmates on at least one song in some capacity. Yeah. Except for her. And they left on amicable terms. And then after this dropped, before her next one, everybody thought that that, that was when they were going to make their sixth album. Yeah. Because they were still friends and they still talked to each other. And it's like, no, they didn't do it. And I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. Even the, even this week, though, I was uh, I was very surprised. I did, never knew that Tony was this involved with the record. I didn't even know he was on this record I mean, until this week. But he was... He had like four songs with her, or they wrote like three or four songs together on this. Let's get one thing straight: No Doubt would not exist in in the state that they are now, the in the, the the infamy that they are now, I guess, without Tony and Eric, because Gwen wasn't even a part oh, of yeah, No yeah. Doubt to begin with. So, like, it, they would not exist without Tony and Eric, and Gwen yeah. would not have written her biggest songs without Tony. True, even after yeah. they broke up, Tony still. I mean, I don't know their relationship behind closed doors. But the way I read it, the way I see it, the way I'm, I'm as a third party observer, the way Gwen tells me because she's in my house looking through my records still. Yeah, she's still like sifting through them all. Yeah. The way I see it is, is <laughs> even after they broke up, Tony still helped her write a lot of really, really, really good songs, and he still was professional about it. And not yeah. to say that Gwen yeah. Stefani was not professional about it, but I think Tony's an incredible songwriter, and I mean, no knock to this record. But clearly, like, Gwen needs help because she had a lot of help with this record and all of her best songs. Like, actually, not one song on this album was written solely by her. No, no, not And that shows me that she needs help, which is not a bad thing. It's just how it is. That's how she writes music. Not a big deal. But, like, Tony... Tony means something to Gwen. Like, she fucking means something to Gwen. Not in a romantic state, but just, like, in a friend state. And, yeah... 
like Gwen's career probably would not exist without Tony. Straight up. No, it wouldn't. Straight because up. I mean, w- when you think about it, she was writing about Tony on on Tragic Kingdom, on Return of Saturn, all the way onto this record. There, there's a song about him essentially. So I mean, she's still up to this point, still talking about him in her songs. Yeah. Like not in a necessarily romantic way, but on an emotional level, on you know moving past you know you know past relationships and you know what song was it again where they're talking about like being happy for each other they're still great friends and stuff like that yeah that was one that was that was not written with tony but it was i think it was a cool the song cool yeah and and the music video the her 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 okay so cool was was straight up about like her and tony like they're they're time together but now they're cool with it they're happy just to see each other and they're happy to see the other person happy which is super cool. I like that, and it's it's even it's even more. I'm just keep, I'm saying cool a lot, and the song title is cool. That's cool, man. <laughs> That's cool, man. So and it's, cool, it's funny because the music video and cool is my four B by the way. And it's, yeah, I and, love that song. In the music video, Gwen's ex lover, who is supposed to be Tony, his girlfriend is Tony's real girlfriend in real life. Like so. Oh no shit! In the video. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So when oh, they meet, fuck, I didn't know that. When they meet at the door, and like Gwen reaches over and they kiss, like the. Like the Europeans like put their mouths on each other's cheeks, yeah. like they're fucking mafia people. Like that's <laughs> that's Tony's like real girlfriend in real life, and so like that's that's fucking cool that they are so close together like that that they can still like you know like oh I'm hanging out with your ex or whatever. I think that's awesome. Yeah. That's such a that's that very great. that's a very adult thing to do. It's they get past it, move forward, but you can still have a relationship with your exes because they meant something to you. I don't know. That's awesome. I like that. But goddamn, dude. Gwen, Gwen would be nothing without Tony, honestly. No, I agree. I totally agree. I, I never even that, like, realized until like this week and then even just like even right now, like my God. Yeah, it wasn't until this week where I, where I really came to that realization. I mean, he was, I mean, I've always known, you know, that the whole breakup was, was a big thing and, and it led to a lot of the songs on Tragic Kingdom and stuff and, and Saturn. But yeah, dude, this week really opened my eyes. I mean, because I, I remember seeing the video for Cool when it came out, but never made that connection until this week and reading more about what the lyrics are about. And, dude, the, the video is is pretty much just going through the song, like ly- the lyrics to the song. It's it's wild. It's cool. But I, I didn't know about the, the girlfriend thing, though. That's and, fucking, and, I mean, just, that's just so like... Cool. Just like the whole thing about Tragic Kingdom and, and and everything about it, I don't think there's any song on Tragic Kingdom that Gwen wrote herself. Everything was either written no, by no. by Eric, and then Gwen and somebody else. And then Don't Speak is like the biggest uh, breakup thing. Like Don't Speak is about their breakup, her and Tony, but that was co-written with her brother. Yes, yeah. Which again, I'm not like diminishing Gwen's writing prowess or anything because I think she's fantastic, but she's just one of those people that that thrive with somebody else yeah she's a collaborative person and, and that's, that's how that that's great that could be great right absolutely and and we see people solo albums all the time that that just fall completely flat when compared to to their their contemporaries in a band right yeah. and it's it's just i don't know some people are just different and i think that's that's cool and this is gwen i like especially it. when the music turns out so good 
like she, she makes such she made such amazing music with no doubt and with this record it's it's almost as good as some of the no doubt records it really is it really <laughs> really is i mean it, i it, i like this record more than more than i like saturn return of saturn i honestly I do would, i would have to listen to return of saturn again i only listened to rocksteady this week bebop I mean, and rocksteady so yeah yeah I would. I mean, I would want to say it's better than Rocksteady, but I haven't. I haven't listened to that in probably in over a decade. It's, and yeah, I I will say though, this record is better than the last No Doubt record. What was it? Settle Down. Oh yeah, that was. I mean, that, that was just was trash. That was so far off from from Rocksteady too. Like that was that. God, dude, that just should not have happened. Yeah, that record. That was should not have happened. Terrible. But. Honestly, this is this is a solid record that really has its merits and and is just as good, if not better, than, better than some of the No Doubt records. Obviously, not better than the first three records, but you know, no. What do you gotta do? What do you gotta do? No, no, no. Um. Anyway, yeah, cool. I mean, cool is such a good song, man. I just the the, the way that they kind of use the synth in that. It's it's. I don't want to say it's subtle, but it's very underused. But because of that, it's it adds so much character to the song. I fucking love Cool. Cool is a I thought, fucking killer song. I thought this song too was very no doubt sounding and a good vibe to it, like no doubt would do from like Return of Saturn. I thought this song could have been okay. a Return of Return of Saturn like song. I don't know. Yeah, it, yeah, it could have been. It could have been. This song reminded me a lot of uh, Time could've. After Time by Cindy Lauper. I don't know something about the background harm parts. I don't know something about this song reminded me of that song. But it's a cool song, man. It's cool. It is a great song. It's just like it's 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 kind of a stripped down pop song, especially for a song on this kind of record where there's a lot of layering and and things like that. It's pretty slow and stripped down, almost like uh like underneath it all. Underneath it all was like a very stripped down pop song, really. I mean, yeah, it was a no doubt song, but it was still a, it was a pop song, yeah. and that's kind of what this song is. It's not reggae based, but it's stripped down to its fullest right here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Damn. That will also cool is my my four B. So we agree we agree on that one. Look at that. Uh, so we talked about cool obviously right now. Do you want to play that at all? That's right. We're gonna play it. Okay. I'm good. And then we talked about rich girl. Uh, what was the other one you wanted to talk about? Harajuku girls. <sighs> Dude, this one. We gotta talk I... about this song just because of all the hate and controversy that stemmed yeah. from not just this song, this tour. The backup dancers, Gwen, it's just, it's so dumb. But yeah, is this a banger for you? First, let's go to the song, I guess. No, it's not. It's not even close to being a banger. I thought this is a, a really underwhelming song, considering the, the context of it. Like, this could have been, like, the poppiest song on the record, just based off the lyrics. But, dude, this song falls flat so hard. See, I like I, this song. I think it's a cool really? mesh of, like, the Japanese culture she was going with. And then just yeah. Gwen's love for 80s music. I thought it was a good blend of the two things. She's blending two things that maybe have never been blended before. I don't know. But I thought they're cool. And I like when the background vocals support her verses like randomly with the mm-hmm. little little ad libs and the and like the background <laughs> Japanese girls. I thought that was cool. And the chorus is fucking dope. Like Gwen sounds so snotty and so fun. And like staccato keyboard melody. Oh, dude, it's so goddamn good. I just feel like it, it doesn't have the catchiness of a lot of the songs on here. I I just expect I think it, it's just I expected so much more out of the song considering the content. 
This is my seven B. So this is this is but no, second to B. last B. Yeah, it's a little B. But yeah, dude, there's so much hate and controversy from this, and there's so many people. Yeah, it was so divisive. Like there were so many people saying that she's like, she's 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 appropriating a different culture. It's like, dude, how? Like, when can you fucking win? Like, she was so yeah, involved in this culture, and she loved it, and she visited this this the Harajuku was I think it's a city in Japan or or something. Yeah, it's a neighborhood. It's a neighborhood. In a Tokyo. neighborhood, I guess. Yeah. And and yeah. she she's like, wow, this is really fucking dope. I like this. And then she employed her backup dancers, the Harajuku girls, four Japanese girls, three of them born in Japan and one born mm-hmm. in America. She employed them as backup dancers, and they had a very prolific dancing career because of this. And it's like, yeah. ah, you can't fucking win. It's not like it's not like she forced them to do this. You know, it's like she was. I've never seen. I don't. You don't really see artists this invested in something. At all, really? <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't know, man. Like this everything, is... ev- everything about Gwen Stefani's brand, like during this era, from from you know what two thousand four to maybe two thousand eight or nine, was all about Harajuku, yeah. Harajuku and it Japanese all style. All and in. I mean, like the the lamb stuff, like the the purses and the perfume and the all that kind of stuff was all. I don't think it was cultural appropriation. I really, I mean, who the fuck am I? I'm some white dude, but. I feel like she did it in in a respectable way, and I don't know who the fuck am I in the end. And she's always know. been one to like donate money. She's always been one to she you know, she she does a lot of good for like the world. She does a lot of good with her money. And I don't think, yeah. I mean, I, I've I've never seen her live. I've watched a couple videos here or there and clips of her live stuff. And and the backup dancers they're fucking good dancers. So I always appreciate yeah. a good dancer. Like I hate Chris Brown, but fuck man. Kid can dance. Fucking killer dancer. Yeah. Killer dancer. Killer fucking dancer. So I like I always I appreciate hate a good Jackson. dancer. Killer dancer. Yeah, yeah, dude. One of the arguably the best. Like, good God. Yeah. Oh, so good. So I always appreciate a good dancer. And I I I didn't see anything ever to where she was exploiting any kind of thing for for like Japanese culture. Like how other people would yeah. say, how some people would say. I'm not not everybody's on board with, with her, her cultural appropriation thing. It was just a few outspoken people. I just didn't see it there. I thought it was great. I like that she is some Orange County girl that found a new culture. I was like, holy fuck, this is so awesome. Out, the, getting outside of her bubble, showing the mm-hmm. world that it's okay to find something new, even at a later stage in life. I think that's amazing. That's awesome. And also, you know, her being from Southern California, which is such a hodgepodge of cultures. I mean, you go one city over... And, you know, you're in Little Saigon. You go one yeah. city over, you're in, you know, what, what, yeah. uh, not Little Palestine, but uh, what's the, over by uh, Cortina's? Like s- what is it? I think it's not Little Palestine. It's something else. But it's like, dude, yeah. you go, there's seriously Orange County, especially Orange County and L.A. County, too. It's a fucking hodgepodge. I mean, like there's little Armenia in, in parts of L.A. County. And, dude, it's... It's fucking insane, dude. It, I I think I think calling her doing any sort of cultural appropriation with her, I think is is really it doesn't make any fucking sense considering where she grew yeah. up at. It's asinine. And I I dude seriously, and I, I'm kind of curious now. Has any anybody ever brought up like any sort of culture appropriation with her and like reggae music at all, or or anything like that, or ska music? No, yeah, I because, guess. I mean, obviously she she built her career on that style, obviously. Those those are her roots, but I don't feel like anybody's ever brought that up. 
So why not bring that up when you're bringing up the Harajuku thing? Because it's the same thing. I mean, she had, I mean, and no doubt had African American players in the band. Doing Gabe the McNair, and, baby, that was that was like the yeah. their 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 touring trumpeter that pretty much played on every single song on this album and the Sweet Escape and tours and everything. But I I don't know I I've never read anything where people bring that anything about a culture for <laughs> appropriation up with that. I've just I've never it's seen anything that like bad mouth Gwen Stefani. Like no one's ever bad mouthed yeah. Gwen Stefani. Even even like the like her her reaction to people calling or saying that about her is kind of like well I'm not doing that. I'm sorry you feel that way, but I'm not doing that. I'm it's a celebration, and then she kind of leaves it at that. Yeah. She doesn't. She, it's never like a big formal apology. It's like right. well, it's not that. Yeah, exactly. She says, I'm not, and that's it. That like what you're saying is is not what I'm doing. I'm sorry you feel that way, but I'm gonna keep doing what I'm fucking doing. And yeah, like I've never seen anything bad about her. Like no one's ever said anything bad about Gwen Stefani. She's just, and she's like owned her image since like day one. It's true. Like the, yeah. the the what do you like the 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 midriff thing that she does? Oh like yeah, she's, yeah. She just like she's owned her sexuality from day one, and she's never tapered. She's never felt weird about it. She's never like body shamed anybody else. She's just that's who she's she is. That's what she wants model. to fucking do. God damn, she's so awesome. She's so great. She's, she's a fucking great role model. I mean, she's so everything great. about her. Yeah, she is. She really is. <laughs> she's fucking awesome. Great music. I mean, her messages are are great. And nothing. And what what I like too, like there, there are songs in here where she's talking about being in love with somebody, but it's never like Britney Spears. Like when we did the the Britney Spears album. Like that was just like sad and kind of pathetic. The yeah. lyrics on that, but the way that that she describes like you know being in love with somebody or or falling for somebody on this record is like the polar opposite of that. It's way it's way more realistic and it just means something way more. It's not pathetic at all. I, I think she's awesome. I fucking love Gwen Stefani. God, I'll never forget. I've never. Like, I've never. One of the thought bad well, about her. One of the, like an early video I saw like a, of somebody interviewing, no doubt, like right after Gwen joined, and she like clearly she's a singer because they had already played shows, and this is this is like well before Tragic Kingdom, and the interviewer yeah. was asking questions, and he kept like he kept putting the mic about lyrics to like Eric, when I mean, he's like one of the primary writers anyway, but like he he finally got fed up. And the interviewer said, like, hey, like, wh- what do you mean about this song when, when, when you're writing this? And he's like, I don't know. Why don't you ask our singer? Because he had been neglecting Gwen <laughs> the entire time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Presumably because she's a woman. And so he's, like, interviewing the man. And it was just so, it was so cool. I was like, God damn, dude. Not only are you a good big brother, but you're also a good bandmate. Yeah. I like that. You're just a good, birds, a good person in general. <laughs> just a good person. I know. <laughs> so I don't know. Why don't you ask our singer? Like just fucking tired yeah. of this guy only talking to Eric. I love that. That was so cool. It's crazy how like Eric is never talked about, and no doubt, you know. No, never. But he was there through Tragic Kingdom. Like he was on that record. He, but he wrote he, like fifty percent of Tragic Kingdom. Yeah, that would not exist without him. Yeah. It's insane, but nobody ever talks about him. But whatever, he probably still rakes in like a good amount of oh yeah, you know, money with the royalties and everything from oh, yeah. that the first three records, but. I don't know, whatever. Uh, yeah, Good Gwen stuffs. Stefani, man. Gwen Stefani. Do, do you want me to play a little bit of Harajuku Girls? No, I think I think that was that was solid. We got we got everything out we wanted to get out. Do you have Do you have any any hot topics? Any any points of uh, contention? 
there's one song on here that that I surprisingly really liked was Luxurious. Oh, I know you were, you were you were talking about it earlier. This is my. I really feet. don't like this song. This is this is this See? is the only song that was borderline a stinker for me. Everything about this I hated. I hate Gavin Rossdale's stupid fucking spoken French parts that he that was supposedly him. I hate that that like I, I appreciate that clearly this is a girl that grew up in like the LA area in the nineties with yeah, gangster yeah. rap because there is this is an R B style song, but there's heavy 100%. gangster rap influence to it. It's yeah. not a bad song, but God, dude, this is just it's just dumb. It's dumb. This song hits every this song hits every nineties R and B motif on the head like this is this is <laughs> this is this is every bit a, a 90s r&b song through and through and i really didn't want to like it because i don't like this kind of stuff i really don't but for whatever reason this is another instance where her vocals for some reason fit that genre so well i really did not want to like this at all but damn dude she fucking kills it vocally on this musically i think it's fucking stupid because it has that it has that that stupid drum beat that that typical R&B drum beat it has the chimes that go across it has some of that that stupid like uh that percussive instrument what is the what is it like that oh, I don't that, even know that, what it's, it's called I think it's like a donkey jaw like originally that's what people use yeah, they like yeah, yeah, random yeah, yeah. stick over a donkey jaw or something like that over the teeth to make yes. that noise <laughs> yes exactly that <laughs> but it's it's so typical of that genre and that era of music very very specific but she took it and fucking killed it vocally and like i said i really didn't want to like it but it, i i i think i thought this song was a banger 6b for me but otherwise yeah i'm not going to play it i'm not going to play it okay. um should we uh i don't know i don't think there's anything else i want to talk about Let's i don't see, i don't have any like it. i don't yeah i don't have any like hot topping talking points some random yeah, stuff I mean, here and there. Crash, yeah. Crash was another good single, um, but I don't know. We don't have to talk about that. It's pretty crazy. There are twelve. There are twelve songs on this album, and twelve and six of them were singles and pretty successful know, right? singles. So that's pretty. And that's pretty good. They weren't even going to release Crash. I think Crash was the sixth single, and yeah. they weren't. They they weren't going to do it. But everything was so successful. But then she was pregnant at the same time, so it was like up in the air. Should we do a sixth single? But they're like, "Fuck it, we'll do it anyway," and they threw it out there, and it was a hit. And yeah, it's 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 a killer song. It's a killer song for sure. My six B. That's my that's my five B. Crashing my five B. Um, but yeah, then the other two that honestly I don't really care if they were on this record is Serious and Danger Zone, especially Danger Zone. That one kind of just really falls flat for me, but whatever. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's give our final thoughts on this record, and then we will uh, we will rate it for, uh, according to our world famous three point rating system, where three is a perfect album, two is a good album. You're going to continue continue to listen to, one is a bad album, but give it a shot, and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So, what do you got, Jeff? Go. Um, this was this was great. I I don't think after Tragic Kingdom, I don't think No Doubt had the sustainability to keep putting out tragic kingdom after tragic kingdom after tragic kingdom. there's just no way that music is no. uh it's it's kind of like a one and done and and tragic kingdom being their best thing you you're not going to top it so i don't know maybe just go out on on, on a high note which they kind of did and return of standard is fine there's, there's really nothing wrong with it rock city is better than i remember it being and I've not listened to, I can't even remember the last fucking album they did. So I can't even remember the name. Uh, Settle, no, Settle Down was the single, I think. 
I've, what was I, the I've not name of the album. I don't even. I've not the listened right to now. that one since I think probably before since the it, pod. Yeah, it was before the pod. With the last time I listened to it. Yeah, because it came out like 2013-ish, 14, so. 10, 11. So. But yeah, I don't know. Push Tried and to shove. Them. Push and shove. That's yeah, what it was. It's dumb. 2012. 2012. No, no doubt was just not, it's not sustainable. It just was not. And so the natural path was for them to do other things. And obviously, like Gwen is just, she became bigger than no doubt. Just that's what happens when you're the lead singer usually. So that's fine. And she comes out with this thing and we don't know what, what to expect really. Like we know maybe it'll be poppy because that's what solo artists kind of usually do. They just put out something pop, some generic. And honestly, like this is generic pop for all mm-hmm. intents and purposes. This is, this is like generic shit. She's not reinventing the wheel here. She's taking old concepts, kind of modernizing them and make them fucking great. And that's what makes this even better than it should be is because there's nothing here that's that's any different than what people have been doing for fucking 30 years. And I don't understand it. I don't understand how she can take these stupid 80s songs and make them great. So, I don't know. Respect. I like that. Good job, Gwen. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I um, heard her. Yeah. I heard her. Yeah. She said, she, uh, that yeah. yeah. She's actually, she, she pulled out a couple that she's going to take home with her. She pulled out Lawrence Welk and uh, Engelbert Humperdinck. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's yep. some good show. You, yeah, you called it. So there you go. Um, I did. I did. This is not a perfect record because not all songs here are perfect. And conceptually, it, it doesn't flow here. So I know there's a lot of there's a lot of things to knock it down. But I mean, this is a solid 2.5 for sure. I had a lot of fun with this this week. I thought this was really good. I could not like sometimes when we do an, like an album and, and I'm like, oh, this is really good. I enjoy talking about it with people, just random people like at the bar. Yeah. And I was so excited to talk about Gwen Stefani with people at the bar, not just because we love No Doubt and we've grown up with No Doubt and we've listened to so much fucking No Doubt and Gwen Stefani, but because this is legitimately a good a good album. And even mm. though it sold a lot, it did super, super well. I don't know. I feel like it's not talked about a lot. It's not talked about a lot outside of like the singles just being good pop songs because it's deeper than that. It's deeper than just good pop songs. These are generic pop songs that she like repurposed. It's like finding, I don't know, it's like finding an old like car in like a garage somewhere that's all <laughs> fucked up and beat up and shit. You know, some like 50s car. Yeah, yeah. And like you refurbish it and you bring it to life and you're like, wow, that looks fucking amazing. Like that's what she did here. So you give it a 2.5. Out of, three. out of three. All right, my uh, my view on this, I think I think this is just an absolutely amazing pop record, and like we talked about, I I feel she just took from her influences from from you. Okay, so like what you you made a good point, like between the ages of like ten and sixteen are your formative years in music, and you're always gonna remember that. She, you're always gonna be influenced by it, and that's kind of what I feel like she did here. I mean the 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 80s stuff was so prevalent on this record but then also you know her in her 20s and the 90s you get some of that that r&b like in luxurious and everything like that it gets straight up out of 90s r&b it's such a great combination of it all and i don't know how she does it i don't know what it is about her voice but her voice somehow transcends so many different genres and absolutely fucking kills it i mean to the point where 
I mean, anybody anybody listening to the pod or anybody who knows me personally knows I fucking hate 80s music. I hate new wave music. I really <laughs> do. It's fucking terrible. It's fucking terrible shit. But the way she does it on, on this record is is so fucking great. I don't care about Joy Division. I don't care about New Order. But having Peter Hook on this record, on that one song, on Take the or yeah, Take the Lead, I don't know. Her voice just it just matches so well. Like she's she's amazing. She's honestly amazing. And I and I'll, and I'll say it again, she is this generation or that generation's Gen X or or millennial version of Blondie. That generation's Blondie, like one hundred percent. And uh, and I love it. I love her. I love her music. I love No Doubt. I would just be repeat anything. Anything more I would say would just be repeating what you said or what we've already talked about. I want to hear it, so, baby. I want to hear it all. Uh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, um, so, so my, my rating is, uh, I'm going to give it a 2.5. I'm, I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of three as well, because you know, the last three songs I honestly could do without, I really don't like that Andre 3000 song at the end, except for the lyrics. I think the lyrics are, are really, really great, but musically the last three songs are almost forgettable, but damn dude, everything before that, just killer absolutely oh outside of hollow background because that song's fucking trash oh. but uh yeah most of this album is fucking amazing so a 2.5 all around baby 2.5 all around it, it's crazy like i have a major major stinker on here but this album still cuts a 2.5 well your major stinker is only because it's not necessarily the song itself it's just You've heard this shit so fucking much. Like you hate Bring It On. Like Bring It On is a fantastic movie. I fucking hate Bring It On, man. But you hate the stuff because it's just <laughs> ingrained into your mind that this is just annoying. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. You should, you should, you should go back and when you when you edit, you should go back and listen for that another one. Bites the dust part though, because it's fucking. I, dope. I really want to hear that. <laughs> it's I've really never, cool. I've never picked up on that. But also, when when the song comes on, I kind of like. I don't focus on it. I kind of brain just goes. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I go Shuts brain down. dead for about three minutes. Yeah, I like pull goes a slump in the for about three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, I don't know. That, that's all I got. You got anything else on on this one, on this album? That's it. That's all. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. You know the drill. Give us five stars and five stars only on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Keep listening. Tell all your friends and family. And, uh, yeah, fucking keep listening. And that's it. That's all. Talk to you Martin. You know, sorting records, yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. Garage. Can you imagine if Gwen came to my house and started looking at my records? That'd be so great. Oh, dude. She'd be so impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing all that Engelbert Humperdinck record, all those Engelbert Humperdinck See, all my records. Lawrence Welks and everything? For yeah, sure. All that, all that shit, yeah. For sure, man. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be so impressed. <laughs> so stupid. Um, but, uh... Fuck, dude. I don't know the last time I listened to the title track, The Sweet Escape, because when that first... <laughs>
yeah. came on, I did. I like shit my pants. My jaw <laughs> dropped, and I was just like, I fucking for. I cannot believe I have went this many years without listening to this song on a weekly basis. No, nah, Sweetest Gate was bigger than Rich Girl. I don't think so. I yeah. think Rich Girl. No, was I'm bigger. telling you for a fact. I was that. Well, Gwen, you're wrong. Yeah, she just told me that because she's here in my room looking at my collection. She's impressed, by the way. But she said that Sweet Escape was bigger than uh, Rich Girl. You know what? I, if I, I'm, I'll text Eve a little bit, little bit later. <laughs> Why would you text Eve? <laughs> you don't have Eve's number. Come on. I, I, you're lying. I have Eve's number. I do. I, do. I've, I hung out with her like a month ago. Mm-hmm. Taking a deeper dive into having, into being into in a interracial, interracial wow. relationship. That go. was a tough one. Interl, that was a tough one. Interl? Interracial. <laughs> Interl. <laughs> a lot of L's. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this song is fucking chaos. Take a chance, you stupid hoe. Love singing that. Oh. Shout out oh, every time. Oh. It's the O's. 